You sound good. I also started recording. So, yes. um, Eric, why don't you say something so I can see what your levels are, quote unquote. Quote unquote unquote what? Okay, cool. It's recording at your levels. <laughs> the levels look good, you guys. I'm an AV god. <laughs> yes, you are. You are a uh, golden god among us all. But I do want to start off by talking about, real quick, uh, my experiences last night going to a concert in Augusta, Georgia, at the James Brown Arena, where the Avid Brothers were playing. Yeah, who the fuck is that, by the way? There is a guy with a cello and, like... Yeah, it's like two dudes from, from North Carolina and their friend and then their other friend, and they've been... Uh, how did I describe it to somebody yesterday? They asked if they're country, and I said that they are, like... Appalachian-inspired rock with bluegrass influence for hipsters. They're like, they they would fit perfectly well both within like North Carolina music scene and Brooklyn's. It at which they kind of did at one point. They actually have a song where they sing about Brooklyn at one point, then which they did not play last night. The freaking cowards. They've they have like a ton of albums. They just had a new one come out, which is not great. <laughs> it's got a lot of like. Uh, it's got a lot of clunkers in it, and including some like political songs that are just that they, they missed the mark. They missed the mark real bad, and they played one of them last night. And and I and I was talking to someone about this, and and you guys, you guys are concert goers, like with the exception of maybe your favorite brand, bands like Alter Bridge and stuff like that. How annoying is it when a band plays new music? Uh, it depends. It does depend, but nobody's coming here to listen to your your new like B side on your thing. They want to hear, you know, the, the uh, sing along classics that everyone's known for years. Yeah, but uh, the Slipknot concert that I went to, they played one of the a couple of songs from their new album. They were actually really good. I I, I have to admit, hearing that you went to a Slipknot concert, Jeff, is very surprising to me. <laughs> and I don't like I don't I don't know why, but I didn't peg you for somebody who would listen to Slipknot. Oh, I've been listening to a lot of metal. Jeff's Judas, a metalhead, man. Judas Priest, Metallica. Uh, let's see, what else? Nightwish. Every time he gets in the car temptation. with me, when we go to pick him up from somewhere, he plugs in his iPod and we listen to 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 some form of metal. We were listening to uh, years ago. Who is it? What is it? Band Nightwish. Is Nightwish. That yeah, that's one of Nightwish. my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. No, Avid Brothers is is really good. If people are interested in hearing some of the stuff that they do that's really good, I recommend the song I Am Loving You and Ain't No Man, which are both like, uh, I think, there's a lot, they have a lot of really good songs that kind of personify their sound, but those are some of the better ones, and they're they're fairly decent, and I've liked them for quite some time now, and they come to Augusta a lot for some reason, but... uh but let me tell you something. We were in like the pit area and there were like a bunch of couples. They brought their freaking children. They brought their children to a rock concert. They were okay. like eight. Okay. They were so, dancing so, around. So, they were dan- so, they were doing they were so, doing Fortnite dances and talking and like jumping so around. <laughs> here's this here's the solution, okay? You open up the pit and you wall of death the children. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you bring your children to a concert of any kind, unless it's specifically like the Wiggles or some shit, exactly. we're throwing Darwinism in here, okay? Survival of the fittest. Bring your kids to a concert, they might get fucked up. There was oh. also like this one guy wearing an orange jacket and a hat and moccasins, and I knew this because I was trying to find the best places to punch him if I had to. <laughs> who kept like, like we were, like, we were probably a hundred feet from the stage. Like we could see them really well from where we were, and we were trying to get off, so we're not crowded up by everyone. But like he just kept coming up, and he was like, like with this group of like all these like women, and he kept talking to them loudly like especially during their like softer songs where you can actually like hear people talking and shouting and and anita's not very tall so whenever someone's getting in front of her too it just ruins the whole thing and then like he was with us the entire way trying to leave the the, the theater and the whole time he like cut in front of me at one point i'm like i'm gonna punch you in the back of your head and and a, and a fight's gonna break out and it's gonna be great but that didn't happen aim for the base of the neck yeah, <laughs> yeah. Aim for the neck. <laughs> you don't want to hit the skull. Skull sucks when you hit it with a fist. And also, if you're wondering what the Avid Brothers are like, I will let you know that it is the whitest group of people you'll ever see in terms of fan base. There was, <laughs> there was not a person of color in that entire theater. <laughs> eh, could have been worse. 
No, this is true. Could have been Trump. I'm so this sorry. Also, you can cut that also out. Also true. You can cut also that out. True. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll see, Jeff. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it is Thanksgiving time. Time to talk that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Welcome to Geek and Spiel. My name is Jacob, and I'm joined here today by... Jeff. Eric. I think this is our first post-Extra Life um, recording. Yeah, we're on the solo, boys. Y- yeah, we're back. We back. Um, and we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. And the first thing we got on the list is everybody's uh, favorite virtual dog fighting. Virtual, virtual, dog, virtual fighting dog fighting. Yeah. Of Pokemons. I'll let you guys. Uh, Jeff, have you played this? I do have it. I haven't played a lot of it because I've been playing a lot of Slay the Spire. Gotcha. I'm going to pass this over to Eric to get us started then. But also, I love Pokemon, so I did play a little bit, and it's good. Yeah, so I um, I picked it up Friday night, and I'm at the fifth gym right now. So Out of how many do they have? Um, there's, always and there's always eight. There's always eight? There's always eight? Okay. Four. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Gold and Silver, because you do the eight in Johto, and then you go to Kanto and do the eight in Kanto, too. But, but um, yeah, probably about halfway through the game... I was skeptical about getting it because, you know, there's so much controversy surrounding, like, the cuts to the Pokedex and all that. But then I realized I don't catch all of the Pokemon ever anyway. I just get the ones that I want and I, you know, wipe field. So I picked it up Friday and I've been playing it pretty much nonstop, like, from Friday night and then yesterday. Some of the new Pokemon designs I don't quite like. Like, there's that thing that's uh, in the Discord with Emily and all them that I have killed every one of them with <laughs> extreme prejudice. Trudel. Because because how dare it try and be a squirrel. I I had to Google that thing because I wasn't sure and, and I'm 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 not gonna lie, you're totally right. It is it's like fake crash when you're playing Crash Bandicoot and you see the fake one yeah, with the weird right? eyebrows and the teeth. It it deserves to be to perish. It is I mean it's it's its evolution is kind of cool, but like it looks like it needs to die. <laughs> One problem that I do have with the Pokedex cuts, and that's that they put Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard in the game. But not but the others. Yeah, but they didn't give us Squirtle or Bulbasaur, <sighs> which is kind of stupid. Like, Squirtle Squad, come on. Give me some sunglasses, Squirtle Squad. <laughs> I'm, and I'm, I'm a Bulbasaur guy all the way, so that really upsets me too. Yeah. Uh, and I was also, before we started recording, I was telling Jacob about the, the rival and like how upbeat he is and how it annoys me. Oh my god, it does. He's <laughs> yeah. Because just bring back Gary Oak. Every game, the rival, <laughs> Gary Oak. Yeah. Smell you later. Prepare your anus. <laughs> um like I fought I fought him yesterday before I did the fourth gym, which is uh the fighting type gym. And he have there's this new Pokemon that's a water and bird type. And mind you, we're in like this rocky plateau in the desert or something, this town, and it uses dive, so it goes underwater, but there's no water to be seen, first of all, which is okay, because it's Pokemon, you know, unrealistic, whatever. And it pops back out with a Pikachu in its mouth. Oh, I've seen that all over the place. Okay, you know what the thing about that is? That it's terrifying? (laughs) Slightly. Yes, but at some point, it's going to spit the Pikachu out at you. It gets it, and it does damage. It's like a free, it's a free fucking attack. It does free damage, and it usually paralyzes you. And it pissed me off so much. <laughs> and it looks, I have to not say what I was about to say. It looks like an idiot, and I want them to die. <laughs> I almost said something probably a lot worse. So can we talk about. Can we talk about why you're in a desert area in a place that I thought was supposed to be based off of, uh, like, the British Isles. Well, because they, they always try to, uh, it's draws inspiration from, but it's not like they copy and pasted a map of the UK into the game. Right? Okay. Um, but they always have to have the, the diverse areas so that they can have different areas for different types of Pokemon to be hanging around. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you sent a screenshot to Anita and I of you fighting a character named Anita. Yes. Was that a trainer or a... Yes. Jim, it was just a trainer. Yeah, it was just a trainer out on one of the routes. Because we were doing this on when we were going out to, before the concert, we we were driving and Anita was reading your snap message to me, <laughs> and 
it was like she fought you with a Clefairy and a Clefable and something, something, and you killed it with a whatever. And she looked at me and says, I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> yeah, all, all, like, like her Pokemon team it was a Clefairy and a Clefable, and all they did was use Metronome, which Metronome is just like it Roll gets a random dice. attack. It's a random yeah. one, right? Yeah. Speaking of cutting Pokemon, I still don't get it. I, I know I complained about this before, but why did they cut Jigglypuff? Isn't he like, or she like, the second most popular Pokemans behind Pikachu? Or at least um, from the old, old the old school ones. First of all, nobody likes Jigglypuff. I'll fight and, you. I will fight and, you. I, oh, no. Eric got disconnected from the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, nobody likes Jigglypuff, first of all. And if you play Jigglypuff and use it and do nothing but put me to sleep, I will drive to your house and I will physically fight you. I do not care. No, there was. I was going to. I was going to the town where the fairy type gym is uh, last night, and I ran. It was. I had to get through a forest to get there, and I ran across this mushroom Pokemon in the wild that did nothing but put me to sleep. It did nothing but use sleep powder on me, and I was so angry. <laughs> because because it had attacked me and I had I had my ghost fire type Pokemon out, so it got burned from attacking it, and then I used fire spin, so it was stuck in fire. So it was taking like passive damage every turn, but it kept putting me to sleep and it kept using like Giga Drain. So it was a net zero. No, because eventually I just murdered it. Um, <laughs> I would also like to talk about the Pokemon that they put in this game. Uh, and I have to find where it has Well, while you're looking that up, I have a question about Pokemon. You were telling me about your team, and you said you had a candle ghost Pokemon that's called a lamp, and well, then turns it, into it, a into a was, chandelier. It was a candle. It was a candle. It was called uh, I forget what it was called. But it, it was a candle. It, yeah, Litwick, and that evolved into Lampet, and it's a ghost fire type. When did they start running out of ideas? Because that's. Uh, probably probably around Gen 5. Oh my god. Yeah, but they've been putting out, like, since Gen 1, it's been, like, 800 new, literally new Pokemon. So, you are going to scrape the bottom of the barrel eventually. Yeah, but, like, is there a Tardigrade Pokemon? Like, there's things they could pull from. I mean, is there a Panda Bear Pokemon? I think. Oh yeah, is. there is a Panda There is. I, I don't know. Yeah, oh yeah. Cham. Um... So here it is. There's uh, it's a new Pokemon. It's called Hatchrem, and it's a base psychic type, and it has two evolutions after, and it becomes a psychic fairy type. If you read the Pokedex entries for this Pokemon, it has the ability to. It says it has the ability to sense strong emotions and will silence you violently. <laughs> the Pokedex entry. The Pokedex entry for the final evolution of it says it can sense it from thirty miles away. So if it feels this Pokemon does not want you to feel anything but the sting of its fist in your face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is amazing! It's it's literally and it's cute, like it's psychic fairy type. It's adorable, but it wants you dead. (laughs) (laughs) All I can I got cannon where all of a sudden it feels. One of us are strong. It feels you're a strong emotion, and then just jumps out of the game and just hits you in the face. See, and that's terrifying for me because I feel strong emotions all of the time, but I try to repress them because that's what we do in America. I'm thinking like you know you're you're like sitting in traffic and the cars aren't moving and you're getting real freaking pissed off and you're like, guess who? Then all of a sudden you see this thing coming at you from like on top of cars and you can't get out. There's nowhere to go. The cars next to you are so close and it starts beating down on the window and I'm just like, (laughs) Pokemon is terrifying in the real world. I think Detective Pikachu showed us that. (sighs) Yeah. Guess who's coming to silence those emotions? <laughs> but but the only reason the therapist is beating the feelings out of you. But the only reason that I know about this Pokemon um, before I ran into it because I did I have run into a few like I ran into one in the wild and I fought a couple trainers that had him um, is that my best friend is obsessed with it. Oh my god. It looks like it looks like a Kingdom Hearts enemy. And I'll send you I'll send you what the final evolution looks like because the final evolution actually looks really cool. 
Oh, it has like a it has like a witch's hat. Yeah. That is that's cool. So it's like it's like a witch Pokemon. It's a silent Pokemon. It's a it's a psychic fairy type. Interesting. Um, it's funky. But oh, it will sense your emotions. It's scary. It will, it will sense your emotions from thirty miles away and beat the living shit out of you. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I played blue and yellow, mm-hmm. and then I tried. I don't even remember which one. It was a DS one and um, diamond. Diamond, Pearl, Platinum, Black and White, or Black and White 2. It was definitely one of the Diamond and Pearl ones, I think. And I stopped after like an hour or two in. I was just like overwhelmed. And there's all this crap about making treats for them and putting them in in like fashion shows. And I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, but none of that is necessary. <laughs> so you're just stressing yourself out over like nonsense. Well, I don't want to yep. stress myself out because then I'll get my ass beat by a fairy Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How how would you how would you address this to to fans like me who who are just like I like Pokemon but I haven't really played them in the, in the last decade? Um, is as long as you understand, and I know it's going to be a little bit confusing with some of the new like changes in types. Like you know, Togepi used to be a psychic type. The egg, the egg one. Togepi. Yeah, it's now a fairy type. So when they when they introduced the fairy type in X and Y, they changed a lot of things to be fairy type that, that were psychic type originally. Oh, that makes um, sense. I, mm-hmm. I get that. But fairy types still also are able to learn a lot of psychic type moves. But as long as you understand how your type matchups work, it, the game so far I haven't gotten to anything super serious um, as far as like the story because they've gotten really good uh, over the last five or so years, five, ten years about the story in the games. May I add that they finally, they finally added the ability to skip the stupid tutorials. Yes, they did do that. Well, that might be useful for someone like me who just needs a little bit of a refresher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, if you remember, then it's like, oh, how do I catch a Pokemon? And it's like, do you know how to do that already? I'm like, yeah, I already did it. I did like 20 <laughs> times before I came to speak with you. I don't need to be told again. <laughs> but yeah, no, as long as you as long as you understand your type matchups or are willing to google them in the middle of a trainer fight like I've done a couple times because <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are you weak to? I have something that will kill you. I just don't know what. <laughs> um, uh, uh, it, so far it seems lighthearted enough. I think I think that um you would maybe enjoy it, but I don't know. Like you said, your your track history with the Pokemon. Yeah, from what I've been do, from what I've played, it's definitely a lot more beginner friendly than the other ones have been. Yeah, it's not it's not like um, back in the day with like Pokemon Red and Blue, where it's like, all right, you have a Pokemon, off you go. They're constantly telling you where to go next. Oh, that's yeah. useful. Well, also, it used to be very linear back when it was like first around. Like there was only one way to go most of the time, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll consider looking into it. Um, if if anything, just so I can capture a yamper and just enjoy it immensely. <laughs> if you ca- if you capture it, can I kill it? No, I'll kill you. I will. I will take your bag of Smarties that you left in my home. Your ten pound bag of Smarties. I'll put it into into a pillowcase and I will beat you with it. We don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> we do not condone violence here, other than beating up on each other. We don't condone. We we fully support it. <laughs> um, condone implies that we just sort of passively allow it. I I am I am instigating. <laughs> but yeah, and another neat feature with the Pokemon are those Gigantamax things. See, Speaking of that, the raid um, battles. The raid battles are actually really cool. Th- they're okay. Uh, I've found them to be a good way to grind experience. Oh hell like, yes! When you when you hit a wall, and you can't get through the gym, you go back to the wild area. You go do all the the max raids that you can, and you get the experience candy. Because not only do they put rare candy like the old games used to have, where you just straight level your Pokemon up, um, <clears throat> but they put different size of candies that give your Pokemon a certain amount of experience. You better bet your ass that I'm missing node those rare candies in the first Pokemon game. Didn't we all? Yes. Oh, hell yes. Um, But yeah, the Gigantamax thing is pretty cool. Dynamax, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Can we just say just how unnerving the the uh, Mystery Gift Meowth is when a 
than when he goes all big. Because it's uh, literally... He... I, did not, I did not do that because I didn't know what I was going to get, and I saw it was a Meowth, and I was like, well, this is worthless. It's going in the box. Yeah, it goes in the box, but also, when you do the uh, Dynamax thing, it's literally his torso extending and becoming one of those... Uh, oh my god, he's Long Cat. Uh, long Cat, but also like the uh, inflatable dancing guys. Wacky, Which are wacky slightly terrifying. Wa- yeah, wacky waving inflatable arm, wa- wacky waving inflatable arm tube man, or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically him, and it's mildly terrifying. But it is a good way of getting uh, some cash if you need it. All right, anything else on the Pokemans, or should we move on to Death Stranding? I don't know. Just get the game so I can beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I will. So I, I feel will, about that. I will look into that. Um, and then lose terribly. All right, so another huge game came out this uh, this past week or so, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah so tell us about uh, this this one, which I've been hearing all sorts of weird stuff. I've watched reviews and things. I've got opinions, but that's just me. The premise of the game is that, and I don't know when yet it happened, but sometime in the recent past, probably like past 30 years in the world of the game, there was an event called the Death Stranding. And because of that, America is now broken. Like, people are living separate, people are disconnected, all that. I don't want to get into too many specifics because it is a Hideo Kojima game. So the story, when they give you the story, is very heavy-handed. But your goal is basically to cross America and reconnect people. Basically, you're building... Uh, they call it the chiral network, but it's basically like, think of like a, a, a cell phone network, right? So you go around to all these people's different shelters and bunkers and connect them onto the network. And that's the main goal of the game, is to get from East Coast to West Coast, West Coast reconnecting America. There are a group of terrorists that do not want you to do that because they're assholes. And Troy Baker might have a nice voice, but I hate his character in that game. I hear he's a jerk character. He's supposed to be a jerk. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a he's a he's a bad guy. But the the biggest thing that I love about the game is how the multiplayer works. So it's not like traditional I'm in your game helping you out or you're in my game. The game is connected online and you can build structures in the world like you can drop a post box somewhere or you can build a charging station or a safe house or a bridge over some water um, and people can contribute to those structures to upgrade them and the feeling behind that uh, I watched an interview that they did with with Hideo Kojima is that he said you know I tend to be a lonely person but I made this game so that people like me can see that they're not alone and I think that's really cool in the sense that like these are people that you'll never you might not know who they are you'll never see them you'll never meet them but something they did helped you and something you do might help them you know with all, with all those structures there's also straight up roadways that people can contribute materials to to upgrade and and build literally a highway across the map i heard one of the features there was something called like like desire paths like when you see a a trail that cuts into grass because everyone keeps walking on it so much yeah, so if if, um, if a bunch of people keep going on a same path, uh, it over time will become a footpath. Like you'll see the the ground more worn down from where people have walked that trail. That's crazy. Uh, which is really cool. One thing that we did unlock recently in the game is the ability to build zip lines. So you build a little post and it connects to another one, and you can go zipping across the map. the The game is not big and and spectacular in the fashion of like oh wow look at that thing that's happening there look at ooh that's a you know it's a very empty game the game is not about necessarily what's happening or what has happened i feel like it's more about getting there it's not it's not a a big action adventure game right you're norman reedus you have a magical fetus you deliver packages <laughs> I, I I haven't finished it yet, so I don't really have a bunch to go over. But if you want something that's 
kind of big and open. The game wants you, like, it's designed for you to find your own way to get to point A to point B. But the more people who go a certain path, you'll be more inclined to go that way. Also, there's guns, but don't kill people. <laughs> kill, killing people is bad. No, killing people is bad because the, the big spooky monsters, they're called BTs. If you kill somebody, a BT will come and eat them, and then there will be a crater. Makes a big boom. Which, those things are kind of weird. I don't fully understand them yet, but it's basically... Think, a, think of it as like a ghost, right? You die, but your spirit is still in the world. There's something that's still tethering and connecting them. And they just want to eat people, or something. I don't know. But they're spooky, and you can kill them with grenades made out of your blood. I thought they were also made out of your urine and feces. I also have those, but I have not used those. Those are different grenades. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So when you go when you go into a safe room, you can make Norman Reedus take a shower and any of the the stuff that was washed off of him, they make a grenade out of that. You can make him take a pee and they make a grenade out of that. You can make him take a shit and they make a grenade out of that. If it exists in your body in some way, they will make a grenade out of it. Huh. I'd like to to boil this down to its bare essence. Death Stranding, uh, a game that was designed by a person with the most like elaborate kind of story in video game history, Metal Gear Solid, the Metal Gear Solid history, oh, has created a game my head hurts. Thank where you are where you are connecting nodes across America. It's essentially though it's a walking simulator where you throw your fecal matter at ghosts. No, you don't throw your fecal matter at the ghost. You throw your blood at the ghost. I said you could throw the fecal matter. But I haven't done that, so I don't know what it does. I know if you throw your blood at them, it kills them. <laughs> this is a, this is a game mechanic. This was put into the game. I'm aware. You can also make him... Uh, speaking of, there is heavy product placement. Oh, yeah. What is up with that? So there's cans of monster in the safe in the safe room. Because apparently Hideo Kojima actually fucking loves monster energy. <laughs> I bet they didn't even, like, pay for that. I bet they would, he put it in for free. That's, that's fucking free promotion, yeah. man. Like, come on. Yeah. Also, when you tell Norman Reedus to take a poop in the safe room, <laughs> um, and the door closes, because it's all in the shower, right? Yeah. So the shower door closes, you can take a shower, you can take a pee, you can take a poop. But you can't pee and poop at the same time. And probably because they want to make grenades out of your pee and your poop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, what anyway. <laughs> Oh my god. Jeff, Jeff, don't ask questions that I don't have answers to. <laughs> Do I look like Hideo Kojima? No. All I know is that man is a maniac and I love him. But when you take a poop... <laughs> when, you t when, you, when you make Norman Reedus take a poop and the shower door closes, there's a banner that comes across it for an AMC show called Ride with Norman Reedus. <laughs> yes, I saw that in one of the reviews. Um... At a certain point in the game, there is, they replaced the monster in your safe room with beer. And is it Coors Light? No. Um, Thank God. Because no, no, no. It's it's not branded. It's something in in universe. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so the rain after after whatever the Death Stranding was that happened, the rain is now something called Timefall, and it speeds things up. It ages things. So there's a farm that you find that they're using Timefall to grow crops faster and harvest them faster. That's actually which really, is really cool. That's clever. Which is really cool. Also, your canteen that you carry around with you when you're walking around filters rain and water into Monster Energy drink. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> it isn't Death Stranding. That's I'm, just, I'm, it's, it's not... <laughs> what? I'm not even going to ask. You can also... As you're walking around, make Norman Reedus pee on the ground. Why? Uh, I don't know, but you can do it. <laughs> it's not like you can see his junk. You just make him pee. And I did experiment in the snowy area. The snow does not turn yellow. Why I, would you go through the effort of adding the thing if you can't turn the snow yellow? 
And that's the level of realism that I expected out of that game. But I can understand if they cut it. (laughs) Speaking of the snowy area, that's where I'm in right now. Fuck that place. I may... Because right now I'm basically in the Rocky Mountains. Fuck that place. Yeah. Okay, and to do something other than talk about more of this feces grenade and whatnot and monster energy... Let's talk about something else. Jacob, how about you? <laughs> well, I just took a shit and uh God damn it. <laughs> make a grenade out of it. I just took a, I took a crap and I made a grenade out of it. Jeff, I'm actually gonna, EX grenade number two. I'm gonna I'm gonna move this around a little bit, Jeff. I want you to tell me about Slay the Spire. You I wanna get your Vigit game uh time in there. Okay. So I recently got Pokemon Shield, but unfortunately I've been obsessed with one game, and that is Slay the Spire, which I've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast, but I'm mentioning again because it is a roguelike dungeon crawler where all the combat is settled with cards, kind of like a uh, kind of like your normal deck building game. Your uh, uh, wow, why am I? Blanking on this. Star Realms. Or Ascension. Star Realms. Yeah. Not really mad. No, not magic. Well, there's there's casting costs, but still. But basically, I've been trying to run through all of them. I've managed to do a complete run on all three of them. And now I'm going to, I'm working towards trying to beat the Ascension level with each one. And so far, I have failed miserably. <laughs> so that's been... I've been obsessing over that a little bit there. But I'm hoping to take a little bit of a break from that and actually get some more Pokemon in because both games are excellent. But it's just that Slay the Spire is just really, really addicting. That sounds like a strong emotion. That's gonna get beat out of you thirty miles away. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Why? No, he's right though. Slay the spire. It's just sometimes I'll just find myself like sitting there playing it, and then I like look up and realize that I don't remember actually putting the switch in my hand. Uh, it just started playing itself. I'm a little worried. I'm a little concerned because <laughs> uh, I too I haven't I haven't gotten as far as Jeff has. I, I've made it pretty far, but I'm I'm still I'm struggling now to like make the next point of what I'm trying to do. It's very addicting, and I too would like to put it down because. After Thanksgiving, when uh, when I have a couple of days off, I want to really dive into that game Control, which I have. I've played a little bit of it. It seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, I watched you play it. Yeah, it looks it looks really neat, right? Yeah, it but does. you'll also remember that I was playing it, and then I, I I like sneezed, and when I looked down, the controller had turned into my Switch, and I was playing Slay the Spire again, and I don't know how that happened. It just yeah. keeps showing up. So that's a problem. <laughs> just a little bit. I'm not gonna do too many. Sp- Spoilers on it, but just well, there isn't much to really spoil and play the spire other than you you're trying to get up to the top level of the uh, tower of the spire, if you will. Sounds sounds like you're trying to slay the spire because <laughs> there's 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 literally a giant heart at the end. Yeah, you try and kill it, and it's very hard. It's very hard to kill it. In that, I have not yeah. done it yet. <laughs> Yeah, I think it is. It's actually internet connected too, so it's like everyone that's run it. I think it was like one billion damage on it, and it still hasn't died. Yeah, it shows you how much damage has been dealt to it, um, total by like everyone, and it's pretty insane. Yeah, I just want to keep on going, but I know that I need. I should probably be playing more Pokemon because I freaking love Pokemon. There are other games out there. For example, there's Slay the Spire. You could play that. Slay uh, the Spire. When you're as well. done with that, you could try Slay the uh, Slay the Spire. And Slay the Spire featuring Norman Reedus in the Magical <laughs> Fetus. Norman Reedus Magical Fetus Postman Simulator 2K19 <laughs> Game of the Year. Calling it now. <laughs> oh so I. Last, uh, actually, just a couple days ago, they had advanced screenings here uh, all over the place, but I guess thankfully they had it here in Augusta too for Knives Out. 
a new uh, mystery film directed by Ryan Johnson, the, the gentleman who uh, directed The Last Jedi and the movie Brick. Have you guys seen that one? No, Brick but I have good. seen The Last Jedi. Brick is Brick is really good. It's got um, what's his face in it? JGL. Yeah, JG. Uh, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's uh, super handsome. It's a, uh, which is a real. It's a really neat indie film because it's a take on old like hard-boiled noir, but like in yep. high school, <laughs> it's just yeah, it's exactly. done really well. Uh, so Knives Out is a murder mystery where uh, it all star cast. It's got. Daniel Craig, it's got Chris Evans, it's got uh, Anna de Armas, who is kind of like a lead in this, and she's going to be the next one of the next Bond girls in the next movie coming out. It's got Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, uh, it's got Tony Collette, it's, um, and of course, Christopher Plummer as the patriarch of this huge family who ends up dying. And and everyone thinks he, he killed himself, and then it turns out that there's a chance that there's foul play involved, of which get which uh, somehow ropes in this <laughs> one of the most ridiculous performances by Daniel Craig I have ever seen, where he puts on this really like thick Southern kind of like like Kentucky Louisiana whatever accent. And if you have not seen the trailers for this movie, I'll post one in the podcast notes. Uh, you can hear him doing it, and it's hysterical. Uh, oh, it's amazing! It's it's really good, and uh, so Ryan Johnson, his his shtick, what he likes to do is he likes to take formulas and flip it on its head and kind of go against your expectations. Uh, I, I know that's what he likes to do because he tried to do that with the Last Jedi to very mixed results, um, leading to a I, very. I enjoyed that movie. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it as well, but apparently there it. are Star Wars fans out there who think it is the worst thing to happen to Star Wars since a Star Wars Christmas special. Well, that's because Star Wars fans need to all die in a fire, including me. That's what? I'm going to cut that part. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> that is definitely, definitely a strong feeling that has to be beaten out of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so the movie is, it's, it is slick. It is funny. It is engaging. Um, every single person in this movie is a character. And I mean, like, like some kind of, some kind of something. And it is thoroughly entertaining. I, um, I can't actually really talk about any of it without giving anything away, which is what I hate about these kind of things. I really want to like talk about this movie, but if you have a choice between like this and frozen two or some other nonsense this season, just no go out go see knives out you will not be disappointed i do want to say though that i'm somebody who doesn't do well with uh vomiting and throwing up and there's a lot of that in this movie excellent <laughs> so please keep that in mind you can kind of tell what's going to happen don't like it but uh no chris evans of course is also a goddamn delight in this and also have daniel craig yeah daniel well it, it, what's really funny is that there's a scene where like where chris evans is kind of playing Somebody grounded in reality, and he's talking to Daniel Craig, and and Daniel Craig is talking to him, and Daniel Craig's character just seems so out of place in this movie, which I think was the point. He's like this kind of Hercule Poirot, Sherlock Holmes, Agatha Christie kind of like lead character that's been put into 2019. He doesn't really belong there, and um, and everything from his accent to his mannerisms just is is counter to everything. <laughs> And like so, when the two of them are talking, you're like, "What the hell am I watching here?" Very entertaining, and the performances are great. And go, go see it. That's all I have to say about it. I will. I very, I very well might. And it opens next week. Next week, yeah, this week, that next uh, Thanksgiving weekend, you'll you can see it starting like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, depending on where you live. Uh, I believe we wanted to talk about uh, the Mandalorian. So good. All right. Uh, have we oh, all, have we so all seen? Have we all seen? Have we all seen it? Yes. Uh, I, ha- I've I have seen not seen all three episodes. I have not seen the third one. I have. Okay. Did that come out? I have as well. Watched, I just watched it. last I think night. we're going to watch Same. it today. Is it good? Nice. It's yes. Good. It's real. Good. Okay. Don't spoil nothing for me for that. Or yeah. everybody dies. This is the code. No, Jeff. This is the code. We don't spoil things. This is the this code. is the. Code. <laughs> And I thought the code was we have no standards, so you can't hold us to any. No, yeah. I'm making a I'm making a Mandalorian oh. reference. This is okay. the code. Mm. I have spoken. Oh, son of a! <laughs> I have spoken. 
So, so the Mandalorian is a TV show. It's the first special at Disney Plus put on for like all their Marvel, Star Wars, things like that. It is a um, it's a western. It yeah, is a western. It is. it is a western. Whereas like Star Wars was kind of based on that kind of. It was a mix of a lot of things. It was a little bit of a western, a little bit of space opera, a little bit of like samurai film. This is just like straight up western inspired. It reminds me of of Clint Eastwood movies from the seventies, honestly. Yeah, and it's just, I'm I'm in love with it, and I just love the cameos that they've gotten in it. Oh my god, uh, the car- the cameos, ah, oh, so good. The uh, bounty hunter guild leader, he was. It's Carl Weathers. Yeah, it's Carl Weathers. Yeah. He's from Predator. Yeah. And Arrested Development. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's awesome. Uh, I'm sure that anybody who hasn't seen it yet has already been spoiled, but there is the baby, and the baby is freaking adorable. I think they really wished the baby was kept secret because the way they kind of hinted in the first episode was like, oh, what's it going to be? And even Anita was shocked because she hadn't seen the memes. But I had. It was spoiled for me before I got to see it. I'm a little upset about that. But now you cannot you cannot go on the internet without seeing the baby Yoda. Yeah. Which is adorable. And I would die for it. It is. It's so adorable. I would also like to point out that in the first episode when he gets the commission to go and get the baby Yoda, um, the skinny like assistant guy that comes out, right? Mm-hmm. That almost gets vaporized. Yes. Um, I didn't notice it until last night when I was watching the third episode, but I had seen uh, on Reddit or something, he's wearing, uh, on his suit has a patch that's for, it's like the same patch that the cloners wore on Geonosis, where they made the cloners. Yeah, on, on, on Reddit they pointed that out. Wow. Don't know what his plans for Baby Yoda are. Either but. he's a clone of, of Yoda, or he they want to clone more things that are like Yoda. Mm-hmm. Which is po- is my guess. We'll we'll see. But Jeff, you missed a lot of like the the guest stars in the oh, first yeah, episode. Absolutely. First, it is re- first of all the the blue guy that he's that's his first bounty is Horatio Sands from SNL. Mm-hmm. The guy who hires him for the Baby Yoda thing is German director Werner Herzog. And he's been in a lot of movies, too. He's been in a lot of movies, too. He he plays a very Nazi-ish, like, old, like, uh, imperial officer thing. Uh, Very, very creepy. Yeah, and isn't that really what the Empire was? Basically, it was Nazi Germany? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, Literally down to the stormtroopers being called stormtroopers. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the 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 IG uh, droid robot that kept wanting to self-destruct. Uh, that was, that was voiced, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi, yeah, that which I thought was great. Oh, was it? Yeah, yes. <laughs> he's, oh he sounds so much like robot. a droid that you don't, you can't pick his accent out, so you you couldn't really tell. So yeah. I love that robot. That thing was hilarious. That thing was great. Just the way that it kept on talking was like it gave you a hint that it was actually Taika talking, because he's he's known for like all those like that banter and like just like saying weird-ass stuff. And I, I will admit that uh, out of all of the characters, I do like I do like the main character a lot. He's very, uh, like we said, Western, like stoic kind of guy. Yeah. I relate to the robot the most because like the slightest inconvenience <laughs> initiates self-destruction. <laughs> I relate to this on a very personal level. What, what I really enjoy about the Mandalorian character uh, is, do we get a name for him yet or they just call him the Mandalorian the whole time? Um, they just—they have not given him a name. They haven't said his name. Um, Pedro Pascal, the actor, has said it in an interview, though, and I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but he has said what it I is. I kind of hope they don't really say it, and I kind of hope he never takes his helmet off because that's something that's super—it's super west, like old school spaghetti westerny. Yeah. Well, it's also—it's also super Mandalorian. Yeah. Um. Oh, in the in the third episode when. When Carl Weathers shows up again, he just calls him Mando. So, oh, okay, yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I saw. They were calling him on the internet too. Oh, um, yeah. I forgot Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte also is a guest star on this. I have spoken. I have spoken. I have spoken. And uh, also, I think I forget her name. She was on Agents of Shield. 
and she did the voice of Mulan. I forget her. She's a great actress. I, I, oh yeah, I know who. I think oh, she, now when? Yes, yes. She I think shows up later. I think I saw in a trailer for like an upcoming episode or something. I don't know. I think she appears in it yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. I will admit that the one thing about Disney Plus that kind of frustrates me is that they release the episodes weekly, and it's just like I want to put this in my face. Bring me the episodes. Yeah. It definitely goes more towards like the traditional TV versus the uh, Netflix of spew this all out at once and have fun. I'll be honest with you, I'm actually okay with it. Surprisingly, I'm. I think it's refreshing. I think it there's, is, there's a stressfulness of knowing that you can have every episode there, and you kind of got to like binge it all now, and you got to do that. And sometimes it's just like. I, I some parts of me miss that old school up. Oh, you got to wait a week for a thing, but it's not TV. So I'm not as annoyed because I don't have to deal with commercials or other garbage. I can just put it on and just enjoy it. And I and so I, I think to me, there's a little bit of a refreshment. So I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of into it. And if you haven't watched it yet on Disney Plus, the Jeff Goldblum show. I haven't yet. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I heard you told me it was amazing. It's hysterical. The, the new episode from this week was... So the, the premise of the show is like Jeff Goldblum exploring the world and seeing things and, you know, learning about new things and teaching us about things. The episode from last night was about tattoos. And... And Jeff Goldblum... You know how Jeff Goldblum is, right? <laughs> he, makes, he makes a Holocaust joke in the Jeff Goldblum way, and it caught me completely <laughs> off guard. <laughs> He was like, yeah, Jewish people look down on tattoos. Uh, last time we got them, uh, you know, numbers. Oh <laughs> and I was not ready for that. I had to pause <laughs> the show and laugh for five minutes because I just was not prepared to deal with that in my life yesterday. Oh my um, but it is, it is, it is pretty cool. Um, I did also learn on that show last night that in Pittsburgh, where he's from, they have an official like Jeff Goldblum Day. Oh my god. Really? Wow. Now I, now I definitely want to go back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, it's like in July or something like that. Oh, good. When it's fun, well, the, the one month, it's not like cold and snowing there. And they they also showed some tattoos because, you know, people get tattoos of celebrities and all that, right? Yeah. So it was Sexy Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park 2 <laughs> with the raptor head. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. Anyway, oh, that's my, that's my little derailment for today. Well, here's my thing with uh, Disney Plus is, first of all, I, I I really like it. It it's definitely limited in what it has right now, but I'm looking forward to the stuff. And just since Disney owns so much property, I have to like it. I'm forced to. I'm obligated uh, as a consumer. I mean, they have like all the old Spider-Man cartoons. And they stuff. have gargoyles on there. I'm so psyched to rewatch yeah. gargoyles. That that show was the shit. So well, one thing we did is Anita wanted to show me her favorite Disney movie growing up and like of all time that I had never seen. I had never seen the original lady in the tramp before. And she had never seen the great mouse detective, which is one of my favorite like Disney animated movies. So we did like a, we, we did a double feature of both of those one night and man, the lady in the tramp is a racist movie. My God. I mean, it I is. knew about the cats, but I didn't realize every single dog had an accent based on where the dog originated from, which leads to some real awkward situations. And then I showed her Great Mouse Detective, which is a fantastic movie, and if you have not seen it, you should see it. One last comment I want to make about The Mandalorian. I I honestly feel that this was the first time I've watched a Star Wars movie or TV show since the original trilogy where I felt like it felt like the Star Wars universe. And the reason for that is, to me, Star Wars is a place where things happen in, like, dangerous locales where, the, where, where nature and wilderness and space are, like, harsh and dirty and things aren't clean and shiny. Where, you know, the original Star Wars took place in outposts and outer rims and, and things that were, you know, away from large civilizations we never saw a coruscant we saw cantinas and fledgling rebellions that were falling apart and uh and i think that this show captures that feeling a lot more 
than a lot of the prequels or sequels have done since then. And that's just my take on The Mandalorian. I agree. I really in, I really enjoy the kind of the back to basics approach that they took with it. Agreed. Do we have time to talk about Cat Quest? If you want to talk about Cat Quest. Have you guys played Cat Quest? No, no. I have not. So before I can dive into any like big games and like the newer games like Control or even Pokemon or anything like that, Anita and I have been like playing one player games back and forth. Like we did Batman Telltale, which we can talk about sometime in the future because I thought that was, you know, that's like a two year old game already, but it's, I really enjoyed it. But Cat Quest is this game. It looks like a mobile game almost, but you're this cute little cat and you're running around this giant map beating up monsters and doing quests. And it is really, really simple. And you just hit something to attack, you hit another button to roll, and then you have some spells. And you can see what the enemies are going to do because they project it in red. And then that way you can dodge out of the way of its range. And it's just, it's very simple. It's kind of funny at sometimes, and then also kind of dark in others for like a little cartoony thing. But it's kind of like addicting. It's kind of fun to just kind of like lay back and just do some dungeon delving as like a cat with a sword or a scepter and a funny hat and an outfit that you can change and whatnot. And it's just kind of like it's it's kind of relaxing and fun and yet kind of addicting without being like too simplistic. It's also funny as hell. Like they blatantly put a quest in there where you get rewards that are named after another game they made. And then the character that follows you around is like, wow, we should all download this game (laughs) and stuff like that. Then you meet the creators on an Island. Uh, They call the gentle bros is the company that made it or like, and uh, the gentle bros have are in the game as three cats and you talk to them and, uh, and they're like, we created this game you're in. And it's a whole, a whole thing. And it's just very, it's very funny. And, uh, there's a sequel that just came out called Cat Quest 2, where you can where it's finally co-op. You can actually have two people play, and one person plays a dog. And I'm probably gonna pick that that up for us around Christmas time. But I wanted to get through this one. It's it's a lot of fun. It's cute. Uh, I recommend it. You can get it for the Switch or I have it on PlayStation. But it's probably a perfect handheld game, honestly. Ah, that's awesome. I'll definitely look at picking it up, especially since I'm playing Cat Quest right now with my kitten. <laughs> and the quest is stop being a dick, cat. <laughs> exactly, because she's still trying to get in my freaking headphone wire and digging her claws into my shoulders. Jeff, 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 don't get angry. Don't get angry. Oh God, it's coming. Jeff, get out of there. Jeff, get out. Do you? Do you want? Do you want no! that Pokemon to come beat the ever living shit oh, out of God. you? <laughs> Jeff's dead. <laughs> awesome, everyone! Thanks so much for listening. Hope you had a great time. Uh, go check out the things we talked about, and uh, we'll catch you all on the next Geek and Spiel episode. We'll find out when the next good time to record is, and you will hear from us. And I'm gonna go get brunch. <laughs>